throw these headphones on real quick and make sure this sounds all right for you. And you got to get kind of close to this thing. Okay. Can you hear me on there, though? I can. Can you hear yourself? Yep. Sound pretty good? Sounds weird. It is weird at it first. It is weird. Yeah. But after a while, it starts to sound like an enhanced human interaction. Really? You know what I mean? It's yeah. cool. I don't like the way my own voice sounds. It <laughs> really? sounds even worse in there. Which is funny because I'm so used you do a lot of, you do quite a bit of video content too, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Can I spit my gum out in this? Yeah. Trash yeah, container? go. You know, I used to do a lot more video than you do now. Yeah, anymore. God, it just doesn't seem to, I don't know. Do that well? Well, it does. Right. The, the, where I struggle is I can't really talk policy specific. Right. With a lot of my content. Right. So and what are so, you talking about, right? Well. Let's be interesting. We could talk about this on the podcast. What's that? The, the idea of like what content to release. Yeah, content. Because I think about this 24-7. Content's oh, tough. I got to clap really quick. Yeah. Okay. Syncs up the audio and the video so they match. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Content is tough, especially in an industry where you can't talk about your. What you do, really. Well, right? everything's very specific case in my in my world like a claim person for to person you might go one way versus this almost similar exact claim for someone else it might go someone else but they might have a different siding type mm. so the way it's handled is completely different that makes sense you know so it's hard for me to put things on the record and be like that's the way it is it's because it's why not i see you're saying you know because I mean? it's also specific case everything's case. Case, yep that makes sense yep you want to go headphones or no headphones what do you feel better We'll start with them, and if you don't like them, take them off. I feel this is more official. It looks more official, Does for it? sure. You can adjust that arm and everything. Move can it I? toward you. Is it? So you can go like down, up, oh, yeah. side, side. Move it however you want. That's not bad. And you can kind of tighten it if you wanted to on that little arm right there. But it should stay. Yeah, I think it's good. We're okay. Good. Um, I don't do like an official intro. I'll just say kind of who you are. Yeah. And then the only things we'll really talk about are like specifically talk about other than just conversation. Yep. Will be kind of your story leading up to what you do now. Right. And then what your goal is. For the future. Okay. That's the only two things I'll probably ask. Feel free to think about them or whatever. Yeah. Um, then respond right away. But we'll just start it off with this. All right, guys. Thanks so much for watching this one. We got Brian Blair, the social media legend. That's, that's going too far. <laughs> In Rapid City. <Yeah. laughs> Brian has his own uh, insurance agency, the Brian Blair Agency, right? Yes, sir. Here in Rapid City. Probably has one of the cooler offices in the area, too. In the cre old Creamier building, right? Yep. Um, so just tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself, but also how you got to where you're at now and kind of what led you to insurance. I'm curious. You know, I worked, uh, I worked in cell phones for about a decade and, uh, it was very, try to get a little bit closer. To it that. was, it was always changing new phones coming out. You'd start over a new month and the new month you'd start back at zero, right. And have to get your sales up. You had one month to get them. Whereas insurance, it's a residual game. What you, what, what I bring onto the book today if I, if I do my job properly, they're going to be on the books again tomorrow. So that residual income Continues was, to come. What was great and very intriguing for me. So um, you said you use cell phones before? Yeah. For I, a certain company or just for like a retailer? Or? No, for, for one of the big names. Okay. Yep. So I did that. I was a corporate manager for a while. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. I mean, it was all right. I, uh, <clears throat> I managed a, a big team, about 20 people at one point, and uh, just it, it got burnt out on that and enjoy this a lot more. Different, yeah. different pace, different... Uh, different clientele, different relationship with your client. So what made you get into insurance? What was it? Do you remember what kind of led you into it? You know, it kind of, I kind of fell into. Really? Yeah. Um, I'd worked for another company prior to finding farmers. And, um, you know, okay. I, I wanted to be the, the guy. I didn't want to be a producer for the guy. You know, that's always confused me. So explain that to me because I'm a little naive on this. But I've 
there's a producer and then there's the agent? So yeah, most companies um, or most agents, it's it's the agent and then they have a support staff. And okay. so you might have someone that just does customer service and you might have someone that just does sales or you might have a mix of both. You might have commercial people or life insurance only people. Um, it really depends on how you want to scale your specific agent. Each one's different. Okay. So a producer, like, cause I could figuratively never meet you and just work through one of your producers. You absolutely right? could. Absolutely okay. could. The thing that what, what's going to throw you off is all of the con, all of the mail, all of the emails comes Prime with layer. my name on it. All of the text messages comes with my name on it. Um, and, we, and we do try to get everyone into the office to make sure you meet them as well. Yeah. Cause I want to meet them. I need, they need to know who I am and put right. the face with the name, but um, especially if a producer leaves or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. Right. And so what you run into also is we want to review your policy once a year too. We want to make sure that, you know, if you think back over the last year, what's changed in your life. Okay. Maybe you had a kid, maybe you got married, maybe you got divorced, maybe you right. moved, maybe you got a new car, all these different things. A lot of that stuff, your insurance agent probably needs to know that to protect you the right way. Gotcha. So we like to meet once a year. So I meet once a year, go over all that. So, on the so did you start out as a producer? I can did. You, okay, I did. can you start out as an agent or no? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be more of an uphill battle. Um, you learn a lot being a the producer. producer. Yep, and learning the ropes. And on a producer, my guess is you probably don't get residuals. So you just get paid up front type D thing. Depends on the agent's comp plan. Some do and some don't. Um, in this case, no, I didn't get any of the you know what just was got left. whatever you sold. Yep, and yeah. it was that back to that same mentality though, that same sales strategy of cell phones. Start and I think over that, at zero. Yep, yep, every month. On Real estate's first, kind of that way. Yeah, in I, a way. I bet. Yeah, I bet. Because there's no residuals, you don't get paid every month. Someone yeah. owns a house, you know. Right. Maybe you do on the lending side, probably a little bit. Yeah, but not on the real estate side. I see your guys. I see the realtor side being some peaks and valleys. There can be. You yes. Know? And I can, <clears throat> not that I ever want to, but I can have a not so great month, and still have some residuals coming in to kind of level out the the water a little. That bit, makes sense. You know. So yeah, it totally makes sense. It's not as I don't feel like it's as like do or die you right know. your residuals cut the nut so to speak kind of yep. basically yep. yeah and then new customers can be growth or whatever yep the right. hard part with me is i still have that first through the 30th mentality and i want to i want to grow you, you personally know? have that mentality oh yeah what do you mean i want to i don't get me wrong i love my current clients and we take great care of our current yeah, clients, yeah yeah but i don't want to just sit on this book and and you know coast yeah that's not that's not me and you know if you if you had conversations with me in the past you would see like, oh man, I'd, I just want to get to X amount of policies. Then you get to there and you're like, I'm not done yet. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, now I want to get to this. And I just, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a limit for, for a lot of us in the, in the business. And there, there are some guys just want to hit a certain number and put it on cruise control. I don't see that being. Is there a certain drop off rate, like percentage? As in like. Uh, like uh, an industry average of like, you know, us X amount of clients will leave per year. Yeah. I mean, in each, each company, each agent's probably a, a little, little different, a little different yeah. but. You know, there's some agents in, in the area that maybe they have to sell 10 policies a month, 20 policies a month. To keep up. To keep, you know, to keep from where their attrition is, right, is right, falling right. off. So That makes sense. Yep. It just depends on how good of a job you're doing on the service side. Right. You know? Yeah. So, okay. So now you're like, you said the first of the 30th mentality, meaning what exactly? Meaning that we don't really hit the brakes much. Okay. At all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't. Sure, I'll go play in a charity golf tournament, or I'll go do yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'll yeah. go do that stuff. <laughs> Got to do that stupid do that stuff. stuff. Yeah, but like I don't get to work on a Tuesday morning like today, and t you know slough off. It's it's go time every day. And so what does go time look like for you? Go what time. Do you, do? you know, 
as you know, we've worked together on mutual clients yeah, in the yeah. past. I get a lot of referrals. My entire business is very, refer- it's 100% referral driven. Really? Oh, yeah. And so that's not the norm. It's impressive. Yeah. It's, it's not the norm for an insurance agent. A lot of agents uh, have to buy leads. There's, I don't know if they have, I'm sure they have yeah, that on the same real thing estate in real side. Estate, yeah. And the, the, the turning point on that for me was a few years ago. Um, a lead came in and we did some Googling. The name sounded familiar. And the person that came in as a fresh lead had actually been deceased for a couple of years. So if that tells you the quality mm. of the people that are coming through as these leads, that's not what I want to build my business on. Right. You know, I don't want to pay 15, 20 bucks a lead to just have it be a roll of the dice and maybe this person qualifies, maybe they don't. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you call some of our, our other referral partners, pick up the phone or send an email, I know we're ready to play ball. I know we're ready to, right. to make something happen. Right. You know, and that's the way I want to grow my business. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's like the referral side of things is, when I first got into real estate, I'm kind of the more like do it all myself type dude naturally. Like right. f everybody else, I got the shit. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I didn't uh, know if we were allowed to cuss on this. Yeah, I don't care. Sweet. Um, yeah, you do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> be real. You yeah. know what I mean? Real enough. Yep. We won't go. We won't go like. We won't go too far. We won't go. We're hanging out. Yeah, real. Fine. But but, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> um, but so on the referral side, it always bugged me. Mainly bugged me, I think, in the beginning because it's such like a good old boy network. Normally, right. like no one gives any new person a shot. And me personally, I don't really roll like that. Right. Like if someone new came to me, like a brand new mortgage person, like I'm locked in with my partners yeah. on the mortgage yeah. side. Very locked in. Like we are very, communicate very well. We know exactly what we're thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. We, know, we work really well together. Yeah. But if a new guy comes up and asks me, and is real with me, and I'm just like, hey, I'm so much better. No, you're not. You're worse. 100% you're worse. Mm-hmm. But I will give him a shot. Yeah. And I think when I first started, not a single person gave me a shot at all, period, for the first like three years. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just kind of like F you to that whole yeah. system, you know, and it's yep. like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. So I kind of created my own opportunities. But now I'm at the point where referrals are more the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that being good at being good at referrals and working a referral network for your business is actually really tough. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. Because if you slip up once, you're done. Yep. Yep. And so it's one of those where my referral partners call. And unless I'm on a podcast, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm answering that call. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. And yeah, if they need that quote at 930 at night because they got an offer and we need to make sure this yep. is, you know, I'm telling my wife and kids, give me 20 minutes. Right. Daddy's got to go. Right. Set Do up this his real computer. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. You yeah. know, so that's just the nature of the business. Yeah. So. I think for me, it's almost opposite to where like people I work with, like insurance, like you or, you know, uh, mortgage guys. Like 90, 95%, I'm sending the referrals from right. the business that I got. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a little different for me. It's more like, you know, I get a couple referrals a year. Right. Like two or three. Right. You know what it's I mean? It's really easy to be a lender and yeah. be a real estate or an um, insurance agent. Right. You, if you, you know, have people sending you stuff. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But for me, it's like, you know, if you were to brutally mess up on like three or four clients, it'd probably be like over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'd be like, well, now I look bad. Right. On what I'm sending. Yep. So that would be tough. It'd be tough to be like on that end of it. Yeah. But anytime I send a referral, I take it super serious. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go above and beyond more than I always do yep. on this person. Well, you, know? you have to. You know, like yeah. it, it has that natural flow. It's harder for me to refer to certain, you know, it's easy for me. Because you're, ta- be- you're on the the tail end of everything. It feels like it. Yeah. Except roofers and body shops love me. Okay. Okay. So those are the guys that they're in my kitchen saying, hey. Which would you know I bring a value. We've yeah. done hundreds of hail claims this year. Um so the the roofing, the siding, the body shops. Sense. Those are the guys that are 
winding and dining. I think it's valuable to know a bunch of bunch of them because you can kind of know how they work, the prices and stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, and it's no different than when I get that referral from my lender. Right. We already know the next step. We know what, right. you know, my email is going to be very similar to the last one. Right. The last time we did this. Right. My phone calls, my follow-ups, my yep. meetings, it's all similar. Yep. It's the same thing with them. They right. know. When, when, when that client shows up at that body shop, they're ready to... To play ball. Oh, I'm going to get your take on this. Yeah. Another way I look at referral stuff. Do you all kind of feel like I had this conversation with a lender probably six months ago. He was like, you just getting started out. And he was like, hey, man, you just want a shot? And I was like, yeah, I'll give you a shot for sure. But what I think, I, what I told him is kind of my philosophy on it is I don't want you to be a slave to everybody else, though. Because it's a much better feeling to be able to say, I'm going to pick who I work with. Right. And... First off, your clients don't have to use your referral partners, mm-hmm. right? But you're just offering it because right. you know how they work. You know they're going to take good care of them. They don't have to use them. They will sometimes. Sometimes they won't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's much cooler for me to pick, okay, I really like this person, and they do a really good job. I'm going to give them a shot at this client, Yep. right? Rather than, God, I hope they send me a referral. Right. You know what I mean? Always in desperation mode. You and I almost have to, you know, you're kissing ass all the time. I remember when I was brand new, yeah. you know, when I was that new insurance guy and it was, man. I was going, I didn't care who How long you ago was that? Six years. Six years. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I didn't care who you were. I didn't, you know, I was going to come and shake your hand. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that hustle was real yeah. and it was raw. Yeah. Um, and then you start realizing that I don't, you don't want to work with everyone. Right. I want to, ab- God, I, I heard it. It was a podcast a long time yeah. ago, but hiring your client. Okay. Yeah. Right? yeah. I want to yeah. hire my client. Yeah. I want clients that are very similar to me. I want clients that... Um, appreciate being covered the right way that utilize modern technology. Like we are not your, I hate phone tag. Okay. Phone tag is the absolute worst time suck for me. Okay. But if I have a client and they say, I say, Hey, are you a texter? And they're like, yeah, cool. We have a tech software at my agency. Do you mind if I have little simple questions that, you know, isn't too serious? Can I text you? Absolutely. Well, little do they know this system will tell them happy birthday on their birthday and follow, right. follow up with them on this and that. Right. And so I want that client that appreciates good coverage, utilizes modern technology. Then you start going, okay, here's my ideal client, right? Homeowner, two two vehicles, married homeowner, 2.5 kids and a dog. Right. Right. That, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Loves to yeah, text. Yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. Well, then you think about it. I want I want to hire my referral partners. I want to I want to be with referral partners that have that sense of urgency, mm-hmm. that take care of their client, that know what they're you know what I mean. And so I don't I don't want to work with every yeah person in town. Right. Whereas six years ago, I'd work with anybody. I'd work with anybody. Yeah. And so it's funny how your your uh, your outlook and and you know you get that paradigm shift. And yeah. You're like, you know what I don't. I kind of did something similar, which is funny. Like yeah. I'd take any real estate client I could possibly get my hands on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm like, man, I meet with this person I know. They're going to be a time suck for me. They're not going to enjoy my service. Right. They're going to, you know, they're going to be unhappy with it and I can just feel it. You know, we're not going to get along. We don't mesh well. Right. You know, but I also most of the time usually know who they will mesh with and I'll say, hey, look, I'll help you if you want me to, but I just don't feel you're going to be happy with it. Right. So I try to get them over to someone else that I know they'll work good with. But very similar with uh, different sorts of risks for me, you know commercial risks, farm ranch risks, stuff like that. There's some things mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not sense. good at. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend ten times more time trying to fit this square mm-hmm. peg in a round hole. Right. Or if I just say, hey, I'm probably not the best. Go for to this. someone that specializes in this. Yeah. 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 And you know who does that. And you have to learn that the hard way, I think. You pride. Know? You gotta set your pride to the yeah. side for a sec. Yeah. Well you've heard the quote, too hungry to eat. 
And that's yeah. what it is, man. When you're too hungry to eat and you're just looking for whatever opportunity you can and you're trying to force things, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, which is tough. It's, it's so funny. It's like very tough in the beginning of any sales position because basically what you do and the real estate side of things and even the mortgage side of things, you start from scratch, bro. Right. You got no one helping you, yeah. really. You know, you got podcast stuff you can listen to. Yeah. But That's it's like, it. and everybody says, and everybody told me in the beginning, like, you know, do X, Y, Z, and I would do them every day and they wouldn't work, you know? And then you also, you get this, you get commission breath because then all you're doing is trying to survive. So you're right. doing everything you can to make money. Yep. But the only way you can succeed is by actually not caring about the money. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's a, so a weird mixture. You know what I mean? It's so hard. Yeah. Because if you don't yeah. care about the money, you'll do fine. Yep. But if you care about the money, you will die. You will die. <laughs> Every yep. single time. Yep. It's so weird. I think a lot yeah. of people, I'm sure in your, I mean, what's the failure rate of realtors? It's got to be 92% is the failure rate. Yeah. In the first three years. Yep. I'd say it's probably not as high in the insurance game. But probably pretty high though. It's probably high. But, it, but how many of those people can we chalk up to... Well, think about ninety two percent is a failure rate. And then of the seven percent that are left, the average person makes twelve grand a year. Right. Right. So really are those people succeeding? That's really crunching. Are they succeeding? Yeah, yeah. Or and then of the people that are still left that make, you know, twelve, thirteen grand a year apiece, half of those people are doing one transaction a year. Right. And the other half are doing well. So really you got like a cut of percent yep. that's doing well. You know what I mean? That's yeah. really how it is in the real estate. That's crazy. It is crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy drop off rate. Yeah. What's the what's the future of real estate look like around here? You want me to give you the twenty year future first? Yep. It'll be interesting probably for you. Twenty years real estate agents won't exist. Maybe twenty five. Yeah. They'll be replaced by the blockchain. You think? That's my prediction. Yeah. Mm. Because the blockchain will be smart enough at that point. Twenty it's like twenty, twenty five years probably. But they'll replace it in the fact of everything will be instant. The only thing I think real estate agents will be left for, and I think only the very, very, very top will be left, is more like just a consultant piece on the structure of the house and maybe a little bit of the paperwork and make sure it's dialed up, but the blockchain will fill it all out instantly, so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. That's it'll nice. also make sure no errors are, are made in the paperwork, so that'll never be a mistake. Um, it'll double and triple check, make sure everything's correct instantly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that will, is the 20-year future of it. Where real estate's fit in that, I mean, I think I have some ideas on it, like I said, but it'll be interesting to see. I think yeah. it'll be cool, honestly. To For me, sure. it'll be cool. Um, I think it it'll maybe switch to more like maybe a few people that are like digital. Um, like I do videos on explaining the process to you, telling you how to pick the best house, what to look for right. rather than actually meeting with people, showing them houses. It'll just be like videos of that stuff. Like, Hey, here's my checklist. Here's what you should look for. And they pay me a hundred bucks to go through my program hmm. type thing. That's yeah. kind of my thought on what it'll yeah. turn out to be. Um, in the next five years, not much will change, especially in this area. Um, we seem to be a little bit behind out here anyway. We're about five, 10 years behind. Yeah. yeah. So all the other areas are already kind of shifting. Yep. But our area here will be behind a little bit, but it'll start catching up on technology. There'll be a lot more like instant buyers in the area, stuff like that. A lot of the um, a lot of the people that are doing a couple deals a year, I think will drop off in the next five to 10 years. I think only the top 10% will be left. Yeah. Just because it'll be hard to catch. You can't keep up if you don't make any money. Yeah. You know, it won't be worth it for you. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. For but sure. I, I know that eventually it'll be taken yeah. over. Yeah, it's crazy to think back what it was like 20 years ago. When there was a little book? Yeah. You know, just look how far it's come. Well, you know, real estate agents used to protect their data. Right. That's what they would call it. You know, they have this little black book of, here's all the listings. You can't see it unless you work with me. Right. You know what I mean? Now the internet's taking that crap away, which is funny to me. Yeah. And there's still people trying to fight it all the time. of like, 
we don't want consumers to see our stuff. And right. I'm like, why? What? Yeah. Because you don't have any other value to offer? Transparency yeah. is a big thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a very transparent with the way I operate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you and know. some people hate it. Yeah. And some people love it. And, and, yeah. and, and it is. It's I might not be the best fit for you. You might... I, my job is to tell. I'm going to tell you inconvenient truths. Right. Same you know, here. Same I'm not. Here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This isn't the land of, you know, giggleberries and, right. and fairy dust. Like, right. You need to protect yourself over right. here, and it sucks. But I want you to think about, think long and hard about this policy. Right. You know, or this endorsement, or right. this coverage. So, right. What do you see the future of insurance being like? You know, as um, the past 15 years, 20 years has been. Online, right? right? Save X amount and X amount of minutes. Right. You know, save, save, save. Best rate, best rate. Like a best price rate. game. Right. Well, the internet's kind of taken our industry, and I feel a little bit bastardized it to where every they make the consumer think that everything's the same, mm-hmm. right? Oh, what you the policy here is the same. It's the same coverages, right? It's all about the savings. Well, it's not, right? You, right. You can you can legally drive down this street right here. And have enough coverage to where if you hit someone, your insurance company will pay only $25,000 of their medical. The rest is on you. That's, that's like the legal, minimum. And you're legal. And it's like, wow, you know, 25000 There is no, that's one day in the hospital. Right. <laughs> 25000 might not get you very far. Yeah. You know, and so to take that client and educate them and go, hey, you're just in an accident that looks like this. Right. How much do you want to be covered for? And right. they usually say, well, I'm be covered for all of it. Okay, well. We need to get you away from the state minimum stuff. Right. You know, right. So Everybody just goes straight for cost. They go straight for the bottom line. And yeah, the bottom line matters. And I'll tell folks that I get it. The bottom line matters. But it's I take a Sam's Club approach. You know, you can get X amount of coverage for this. Or you can get this much coverage for not much, you know, not much less. Which yeah. one would you pick? Well, you're going to go to Sam's Club. You're going to get more bang right. for your buck. Value. Right. And so when you sell on value, not on price, it makes a big difference. Totally makes sense. Yep. So... With that being said, what do you think the future is going to look like then? You know, I see, I see, I don't know. It's hard to say. I never would have thought that people would have gotten away. And more people right now are gravitating towards having a live agent, it seems like. That is interesting because I've um, only had live agents really? my whole life. Yeah. yeah. I've never had, like, I've never done online stuff. Yep. But I have get people that are like, oh, yeah, I just use Progressive. And I'm like, oh, I forget that's a thing. Right. Because I've always been like, I like to ask questions. Once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, and I like to have someone to talk to, not just a random, yep. random person. I think so I just are, always done that. I think folks maybe I'm start, old school. In that no, way, well, I just think I'm the same way. If I need something, I want to talk to a human. I don't have the patience to sit on hold for yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. I just don't. Or email, right? And wait for a freaking email right. back. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, I I never would have thought that an industry would be fading away towards that online presence, mm-hmm. especially in 2019. But from what we're seeing, it it is people are ditching the website and getting that local human again which is which is mm. great um really yeah interesting and, yep um you know I, I think you're gonna see a lot of agents maybe start utilizing more more modern technology you know i'm one of the few in the area that uses text um which and, is funny because it's not even modern and, <laughs> you know? and it's not but the, yeah. the thing is is from an errors and omissions standpoint if i am using my cell phone for business and I'm texting my clients yeah. and you tell me to do something and I, I don't say, yep. add the coverage or something happens and that cell phone goes into the toilet or goes through the washing machine and all that information's gone, you got you don't have a leg to stand on. Right. And so we use specific software that catalogs it and gotcha. keeps it forever. That to makes where sense. Smart. If, if anything ever comes up and you're like, hey, I told you to add this vehicle 18 months ago and you're like, let me look. You know, I don't have anything from you. Whereas 
if you have that, you know. So you I, I, I really think agents are going to start. We've there's a big push right now to um, accommodate the millennial. Okay. Okay. The the baby boomers operate one way. Right. right? A lot of them want to come in and yep. handshake and wet signature on paper yep. type of folks. Yep. The millennial is the exact opposite. And so these companies are going to do whatever they need to do to start accommodating that millennial. Hmm. I don't know what that is, but I'm I'm assuming it's going to be a lot more. Do you do like a, do you read quite a bit or no? Um, or maybe just listen to stuff? Yeah, more of a podcast guy. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of more listen to, but I do read every once in a while. But on the listening side of things, have you look, looked into much of like, do you do a lot of research on different generations? Um, and like not, their patterns and habits and stuff? Not a ton. Okay. I have in the past, but yeah. we. You know yeah. what's most interesting, if you ever have time to look up at it, look up what's happening with Gen Z, the yeah. one after Millennial. I didn't know this till recently, but I'm technically a Gen Z. I'm like right on the edge of Millennial and Gen Z. What year were you? You're young. 95. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the last year of millennial is ninety five, so I'm like in between. The last year of the millennial was, was ninety five. The first year was like eighty one or eighty, I think. Oh, I think it's eighty two because I was eighty two, and I don't want to. Okay, be <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe that it's close to that. It's close okay. to that. Yeah. Um, let's go with eighty two. Eighty two. I like eighty two to eighty two yeah. to ninety five. Yeah. So the Gen Z, you know, group, I have almost as much clients that are Gen Z as millennial. That's crazy, isn't it? Because so the older. Gen Z's are 24, 25. Right. You know, and a lot of those are buying, a lot of the Gen Z are buying at like 20, 21. Yep. A lot of them. Yep. And they talked about it when I was, you know, kind of reading into it. The Gen Z is going to be one of the most conservative generations of all time due to the time they were raised around the 2008 crash. It has to do with something about their age at that time. It was like stuck in their brain to be conservative. Right. And my younger brother, who is born in 97, He's like one of the most conservative people I ever met. Really? He's real smart with his money. Hmm. Will not overspend no matter what. Um, he stay, keeps, he like saves everything he makes, all that kind of stuff. That's nuts. It's interesting. Good for him. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and then a lot of other people I know at that age are kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. And of course, not everybody's going to do that. Right. But it's just the standard of it. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens with that generation yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure. Because they're a little sure. more quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? That generation is. Yeah. Not as obnoxious online. I've got a Gen Z little sister. Do you? Yeah. I, had a little, I have a little sister that's 18 years younger than me. Oh, really? Yep. How is she as far as that of me. that spectrum? Would you put her on the conservative side Shit. or no? She's got more money in the bank than me. <laughs> exactly. Dude, she's yeah. loaded. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is it's weird. It's interesting. But, yeah. but no, I see it. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens with that. But they also said that in the same research, I'll send it to you. It's yeah. fascinating. I bet. Um, they talked about millennials and baby boomers being very similar hmm. in behaviors. Meaning that baby boomers and every baby boomer that's watching this can be pissed at me right now, but I'm just reciting this. Millennials are mainly raised by baby boomers. That's like the majority of the parents yep. of the millennials. And they talked about how entitlement and all that kind of stuff is not a learned trait. It's taught by your parents mm-hmm. most of the time. So most of the millennials, the reason they're entitled is because their parents are entitled. Right. I was like, interesting. That's, the room, because yeah. this is at a conference, the room got quiet. I bet. Because there's a lot of baby Awkwardly boomers. Awkwardly quiet. They were like, F this dude. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's lying. I don't know what he's talking about. But there's also the other end of the spectrum, which a lot of baby boomers that are very disciplined, yep. very structured, which I know a lot that are. Um, but they talked about baby boomers are very split generation. It's like 50-50 of entitlement mm-hmm. versus very hardworking, very disciplined go-getters. And millennials are exactly the same. Huh. Got half that are just doing nothing and then half that are just complete go-getters and do everything they can, discipline, that kind of stuff. That's crazy. So yeah. I was like, it's interesting, right? Yeah, for sure. Because we just hear, we usually just hear one side of the story, it exactly. seems like. Yep. So to get into the research of it was fascinating to me to like really learn about it. Yeah. Cause you can cool. also learn behaviors too. For sure. 
they say the biggest group of people that complains about lazy millennials is the other group of millennials. Really? Because they don't want to be associated with them. Yep. <laughs> I get it. I 82, get it. not 81. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I'm yeah. the same way, man. Yeah. Well, Because it's definitely true. In my experience, it's definitely true. There's like two groups of millennials. Yeah. You know? I feel it. Do you think it boils down to where they were raised in the country? There's probably a lot of stuff to do with that, I imagine. I, yeah. You know? I think technology has a lot to play into it. Yep. Because I didn't really have like technology, technology until I was 16. When did you get your first cell phone, though? 16. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So our parents waited for a while to get all, all that kind of stuff. Right. Which, right. looking back, was probably pretty smart. We had like a desktop computer in the house yeah. that we played old games on and stuff. But right, yeah. I thought I was cool when I got to drive my old man's Cadillac with the bag phone in it. <laughs> in the middle? Oh yeah, the thing in the middle. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. And you're like, oh man, how does this work? My caddy's got a, you know, my caddy's got, got a, a phone, phone in, there. in it. And now the stuff you can do is just as crazy. It'll be interesting to see what these worlds look like in five, ten years. Absolutely. And, you know, insurance and real estate. Yep. Maybe they won't change. You know, I think what, on ours, I think you're going to see more a la carte stuff coming you know like there for a while hmm. it was the policy was the policy and everything in package everything was packaged together and it was hey you know take it or leave it type of mentality here's our here's our here's your quote right mm-hmm. and now you're starting to see being able to well i don't need that much coverage there because of this and i want more over here because of that and um you can really fine-tune that that policy now for you you know and yours is going to look different than the other millennials that's obvious you know what i mean it could be night and day different based on your lifestyle and where you live and what you have. Why doesn't it do that? Why wouldn't they already have that? That's, that's what blows my mind. You know what I mean? I've seen policies where your separate structure amount, your personal property amount, I mean, it was locked in. Whether you had that much personal property or not, that's what you were covered for. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just, it's not that way anymore. You're going to see a lot more mixing and picking, right. you know, endor- right. oh, is this endorsement important to you? Like right now, the big one is metal marring. Okay? What is that? This is a coverage where the hailstorms that we get through here, yeah, yeah, which is often, um, you know, if that that hailstorm dents up your gutters, your roof vents, things like that, that's a cosmetic blemish, right? You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna keep Doesn't the do gutter structure, right? It's not yeah. gonna keep the str- the gutter from doing its job, right? It's not gonna lead to another claim, right? So insurance companies are starting to go, hey, it's not, it's just cosmetic. It still functions properly. We're not gonna cover it. Well. Mm-hmm. There's people out there and in Rapid City that they take they must take more pride in their gutters than almost anything else, but they want those fresh gutters all the time. Well, so they pay that, for separate insurance that's a for separate, that. That's a separate endorsement that you can add cosmetic blemish metal. So would there be like an exception if it had punctures in it or something? Yeah, so if it's punctured and if it's leaking, okay. if it could lead to more hazard, if it could lead to then more it would loss, be, then it's going to get covered on sense. the policy. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. But, kind of say, isn't that the same on a metal roof? So if you, put a, if you put a metal roof on out here, you better you're expecting to get damaged. You, right. you do that to not have to replace your roof That's every five years. Okay. You know, so it's going to get dinged up. Okay. But again, if it's punctured, now we've got a problem. Got it. You know, now we yep, now we got to get that fixed. Okay, that makes sense. So, so what are some, what is something you can because you're probably limited on what you can actually say and give advice on. But what are some like common things people miss or mess up on? on the insurance side of things. Kind of one of them is like filing claims and they shouldn't. You know, that's a big one. I would yeah. say the number one thing that I see the most of is people, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant. Okay, okay, let's no, go. I'm not gonna I'll drink my coffee. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so it's, it's frustrating for me to see more people worried about what their deductible is on their vehicle, right? I could say, Christian, you know, let's give you a $1,000 deductible comp and collision on your vehicle and then let's save that money that we're saving. Let's start thinking about a life insurance policy for you. Okay. Okay. 
well, I'm not, no, I don't want life, but I, I really need that $500 deductible. So you care more about your 19, you know, 95 or your 2006, Chevy you know, silver, <laughs> Chevy Silverado. Yeah. And you do your own life. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's, that's the, that's the backwards way of thinking when it comes to insurance. Like you should be thinking about the things that can ruin your life, hmm. not the things that can ruin your day. Right. No, another hmm, example. I like that. You have. I'm going to title the podcast that. Think you, about the things that can ruin your life, not your day. Right. Okay. Like you have that. someone come over to your house and get hurt and they sue you. Yep. Right. Well, do you have 300000 for your personal liability or are you, you running with a million? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't, you don't have to be a millionaire to get sued like one. No. You know, no. and that's the thing that can ruin your life. At the end of the day, if you have to pay a $500 difference Extra. in your deductible, that's not going to bankrupt you. Nothing but, on your car is $1,000 anyways. Everything's no. five. Right. Yeah. So to me, just educating those people and being like, hey. I get it. You want that $500 deductible, but you are running around on state minimums right now. Like, we need to fix this. I don't mm-hmm. want you losing your house because you chose to be cheap on your auto mm-hmm. insurance. Um, but life insurance right now is probably one of the biggest ones. Okay. And, and I don't blame them. What do you mean? It's one of the biggest ones that people don't do? That people don't do. It's mm-hmm. one of those like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. So the the male's reaction is usually, well, I'm invincible. I'm never going to die. Right. Right. The, the the young lady, the woman that's in the office is usually the one tearing up and really thinking about things. Yeah, yeah, right? emotion track. Um, and, and there's just so many people that don't have it or don't have enough of it. And they're like, oh, I have it through work. Well, that's a benefit through your work. You don't what happens if you it. get fired, then die? What happens if you right. get diagnosed with something, then get fired? Uh-huh. Now you're uninsurable, right? And so to have mm. that policy somewhere else, that's it's yours. It's your policy. You own it. You're not renting it. That's important, and to make sure you you adjust your life insurance based on your needs, right? I'm married with three kids. I'm worth more dead than I am alive. Mm-hmm. Trust me, <laughs> quite a bit more on, on purpose, yeah. you know. Um, but you don't, you know. I can find a reason for a single person to have life insurance too. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of my buddies. Well, I'm single. I'll never need it. So you're never getting married. Never going to have anyone else depend on you. I mean, there's a million reasons to get it. You're going to leave all your expenses for your family when you die. There's not many reasons to not have it. You know. I have it. Yeah. Personally, yeah. Well, it's tough because there's no tangible object. I can sell you this water for a dollar and you have something to hold on to. Right, right, right. I'm selling you a piece of paper that goes in your file cabinet. You never look at it. But it is interesting that nobody thinks about the future. Yeah. Because that is kind of what it is, basically. People don't think about it. It boils down to that whole all insurance is the same. I need to cover the here and now, which is my vehicle, you know. And it's, it's selfish to have people depending on you and not have life insurance i think that's one of the most selfish things does this go do. down to a deeper root of like a human condition of not thinking about the future though do you think i feel like it kind of does or like we only think about our current situation is it right not thinking about the future or not thinking about anyone but themselves like a lot mm, of people I've, yeah. I've gotten that kickback where well, i'll be dead what do i care really asshole you know <laughs> <laughs> your wife yeah. must love you yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? but i don't know mm, that's a good point you're probably right it's yeah. probably both I would think a little bit of both. Yeah. Because as a as a race, we think about we need to survive today. Because mm-hmm. our caveman brain thinks that way, right? But I think, and we also probably only think about ourselves naturally too. Right. It's harder for people to think about others. You know, it's funny to see people say, "No, I, I can't afford life insurance," right? Or, "Ah, oh, it's just money's tight right now. I just don't. <laughs> money's tight." Yeah. And then you see them buying that five dollar coffee in yeah. the morning. You know, and you're like, "Come on, if you can afford a five dollar coffee, 
life insurance is cheap. For $5 a young. day, I can get you a policy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's just one of those things you got to. You can get it way less for $5 a absolutely. day. Way less. Yeah. People don't realize that life insurance is for the young and healthy. That's when yeah. you need to buy it. Yeah. If you wait until you're old it. and sick, you're, you know, you're not going to have a good turnout. Well, I got quoted at one point for a million dollars in coverage for 30 years. It was like $22 a month. Yeah. 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 I was like, dang, that's pretty cheap, yep. you know? Because yep. when I, if I did it when I'm 50, it'd be like three or 400 a month, probably. Right. Or more. Right. Yeah. I, you know, and I like to see our clients, the ones, you know, I, I've worked with your clients before. Yeah. I want to see it to where if something happens to one of them, if they're a married couple, that we're not selling that house that we worked hard to get and worked hard to, to finance. We work, you know, yeah. that's, uh, you should get to keep that. Yeah. You know, and if you got things set up the right way, you will. You will keep it. You know. So what else other than that? That's really the main things. That I figured life insurance would bug you, honestly, because it bugs me a little bit. Life insurance, that's probably the, the bane, the, not the bane of my existence, but that's that one that. And it's the thing is, I feel like it's not that hard. To, like, it's not that expensive. It's not. Especially when you're young. It's you not. Know? It's, and, a, it's, a, it's a nuisance. People are like, oh, I don't want to have to. Does it suck when my life insurance and my wife's and my kids' is, cause all, we're all covered. Yeah. Is it not much fun to log into my bank account that day and go, oh, there goes that money again? Right. You know, yeah, that sucks kind of because you're like, I'm not getting anything tangible for it, but I sleep better. You know, it's funny. You know, it's something I do because I live off. Of, I try to live like as frugally as I possibly can, um, which is not, which is tough for me, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because I like nice things. I like to buy right. stuff. But like one of the things I've done recently is I switched from I used to get five dollar coffees every day or twice a day. Yep. Right. And I switched recently to only coffee at home or black coffee somewhere else because it's the cheapest yep and through that i can literally save because i do have so many meetings at coffee shops i can save like five six hundred bucks a month easily really easily wow i had a month where i spent a grand on coffee yeah i know half of that is networking right and meetings so it's a write-off yeah technically but still i was like half of that's 500 bucks that i'm spending on myself or my girlfriend or whatever yep and I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I love... But what can you do with 500 bucks a month, dude? Uh, yeah. You can you can get a million dollars in coverage. Let's say you're 25. And it depends on health and You stuff can probably like get a million dollars in coverage at a much older age with 500 Well, no, I was going to say you can get a million dollars and then have 450 left. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then go do whatever yeah. you want the 450. You can get a permanent policy and invest the majority right. of that and, and have a, a... What is a permanent policy? Um, there's Until a few, you die? Yeah. There's a few different vehicles out there for it that you can... So the cost to insure a, a, a young man like yourself mm-hmm. isn't going to be as much as it is to insure an old man, right? A right, 60, right. 70 year old person. Right. So there's a, there's a few policies that will they're they're more expensive, but the, a large part of that premium that you're paying gets invested and grows a mm-hmm. cash value. And so, so like an IUL. Yeah, exactly. I have an IUL. Do you? That's what I have. Yep. Yeah. That's my that's probably my favorite vehicle. Okay. My that's exactly policy. what I have. Is it? Yeah. Yep. It has 250k in coverage on it. Yep. Right, it's 150 bucks, and you'll probably have a, a nice little chunk of cash there in 20, 30 years too. Yeah, at the end, it's like almost two million dollars. Usually on those projected, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's it's one that that's I write those for juveniles a lot. Okay, a lot of my my juvenile policies. That's a good vehicle for yeah, them. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so um, there's just the, everyone wants everyone talks about the term because it's the cheapest and term's great for filling in gaps oh i just had a kid cool well the next 20 years of your life we need to make sure you're covered until, right you know so let's right. get you another little chunk of 20 year term and plug that in right now um and you can have multiple policies yeah um yeah. and like i said everyone's 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 case specific which me personally i have the iul which yep. is my life insurance and then i'm contemplating plug in another 500 because i have a baby on the way yep um so 
Uh, for that reason, the 30-year the term, yep. term for yep. that. That's what I was thinking about doing. So. For sure. It's not a bad plan. Yeah. Not a bad plan. But no, everyone's plan is going to be a little bit different. Right. You know, depending on age and marital status and kids. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And by no means, don't participate in your work. If your work offers life insurance, max it out. Do that too. Do it too. Yeah. Um, usually it's $8, $6 a paper. It's super, super reasonable. Cheap. Yeah. Might as well do it. Yeah. You know, but just don't have that be your primary yeah, because yeah, what hap- what happens? Right, you're yeah. renting that policy is all you're. Yeah, doing. I mean, even if you even if you have a couple hundred grand, right, just something, right, yeah. for your family, because yep. that couple hundred grand can go away real quick. It can. Yeah, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. Well, to wrap this up, tell me what I'm curious. What Brian Blair's, Blair's plan is for the next five, ten years? What do you want? What what wants to happen with the Brian Blair Agency? What's that going to look like? You know, we're growing quick. Um, we were a scratch agency. Um, Five years ago, six years ago, started at zero policies. That's awesome. Uh, we're, we're well ahead of the trend, ahead of the curve. Good. Um, the hardest part of my growth is finding that perfect employee, finding that mm. person that's going to fit in, mesh well, um, and get bought into the plan. Yeah, it's you a know, very tough thing to do. That's the hardest part. Yeah. That's the absolute hardest part. I would love to grow into some of these mega agents, you know, these, these big agents with my company with yeah. farmers yeah um i'd love to have that five six seven thousand policy book um but i, I want to do it my way okay you know I, yeah. I i run lean right now it's myself and one person and ariel yeah and, and we do we work well together i know what she's going to do you know we just we know what about hiring up just more admin instead of a producer and that's what it would that's what it would more okay. or less be I would think the next step for me is bringing on that other person. So. See, for me, I'm the same yeah. kind of in the same boat where yeah. I'm like a couple years behind you, but I'm doing, I'm technically four years in now, but I'm at the point where I just want to bring admin, 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 do as much as I can myself and then eventually bring other agents on. Yeah. So I, get, I agree. I'd like to focus and and there's times where I'm going to be the one fixing your bill. I'm, you know, I'm not, right. I'm not above that. Right. Of course. You know, yeah. I'm going to go, if, if that's what it takes, if we're behind on the service side for the day, we're going to go, we're going to get things done. Me yeah. and Ariel together. But I would like to focus on just bringing on new clients and doing a better job of doing um, my my reviews because that review is where the the life insurance usually comes mm-hmm. up. That re, you know, and mm-hmm. I think there's agents that wish they were doing reviews, a high number of reviews every year, um, and I don't know if there really are. I don't if I if I, I think it'd be a highly valuable thing to do. I think so too. Yeah. If we if we walked to one of these businesses down the street and stopped ten people and said, "When's the last time you met with your insurance agent?" I bet we're gonna get. A lot of them saying never right i had an insurance agent for four years that i never met that's scary yeah to me never talked on the phone or anything right and so even though we're a big company even though we're that we're a top five insurance company in the country i still want that relationship based and so if i could do just reviews and i love to just shake hands and kiss babies so if i could do that (laughs) and let ariel and everyone else do all the other bs like that's perfect for me so that's where i see the future going is just having more more people standing by to address issues, schedule appointments, get yeah. people in. Yeah, you know, and your day is full of appointments, my, pretty yeah. much. I'm at the point with my referral partners that I stay pretty busy with the volume that w- that we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, if if that volume increased by twenty percent, I don't know if I could keep up and do as well of a job. So it boils down to finding that, that makes person. Sense. You yeah, know, I get that. So yeah. I'm not going to sacrifice quality for quantity. Yeah, you know, which can't. is a fine line there for right. sure. So. Well, Brian, thanks so much for being on, yeah, man. man. Appreciate you it. Having me. Yeah, Good man. conversation. For sure. We'll wrap it up. See you on the next one, guys. Headphones okay after a while? Yeah. They're kind of nice after a while, right? My ears are really warm. <laughs> I feel like my cheek's getting warm. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of got warm in this room, I felt like.
Um, I don't think it's bad. I think it was all just right here. Dude, I literally, I don't know how, but I was in these like the exact same time on accident.